Good morning. You're listening to the XX Files on CKUT 90.3 FM. It's 11.38 here in the studio. Getting off to a bit of a late start, but happy to be here nonetheless. (laughs) Uh, Today I'm joined by a very special guest. Hi. Hi. Um, You want to introduce yourself? (laughs) Sure. Uh, My name is Sam. I uh, DJ under the alias Choosy around the city of Montreal and elsewhere. Great. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. (laughs) Mildly frazzled. Uh, Didn't sleep a lot, but uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, thank you so much for coming in and being here with us today. Thanks so much for the invitation to come. So do you want to just start by telling me a little bit about yourself and uh, your DJ practice, your music making practice, or your practice more at large? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I've been DJing for roughly 10 years, um, which is my, has been my main musical focus. I'm also a musician and I've spent a lot of years playing in bands, but, um, have moved more into just kind of more or less experimenting with solo production more so than generating any and uh, any content I've released into the world. So the two inform each other greatly. Do you want to talk a little bit about your, your musical past and what led you towards DJing? Sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I think in general, in general, I got interested in all things musical, like around the age eight or nine, um, and uh, which was catalyzed by a, a mixtape that my sister made me for Christmas in 1998. Cute. Uh, <laughs> that was something of a, uh, yeah, just sort of ran the gamut and formed a lot of my tastes from there on, and also got me interested in just the idea of a of a mix um, of songs. And, uh, around that same time I started drumming, um, and, uh, so I've been drumming for about 20 years and was playing in a lot of bands, um, through middle school and high school and my twenties, uh, probably the most recent and the longest running project from that uh, is a project called Persons, um, with, uh, some friends from who have basically lived all the same places as me, Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton, um, and Persons continues as a as a force in the underground. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. So since you come from kind of like a drumming background, could you reflect a little bit on um, the more like classical aspects of of that kind of music making and how 
that informs your current practice? Sure. Yeah. I, um, uh, I mean, maybe a cliche to say that drumming is very physical, Mm -hmm. but, um, the physicality of music is something that is definitely, uh, intertwined with my, all the ways that I interface with it. Um, so primarily playing records, uh, it's, uh, definitely a practice that is more kind of like, you know, rhythmically involved in a way comparable to drumming. It's, it's, I, I think of playing records as a very percussive, um, way of engaging with recorded music. Uh, and that was definitely the immediate appeal. Um, I'd been kind of around records and DJs, uh, people in my family who DJed, um, but it was for a long time, just kind of in my mind, very separate from playing music. Um, and, uh, which took, took the front seat. So, um, but yeah, but I guess eventually I started to kind of see the ways in which some of the more avant-garde music I was into using prepared recordings and things like that. Like, you know, the way that these two things are actually, there's a lot of dialogue between people playing records and people making records as musicians. Uh, so all of that kind of, you know, crystallized into, um, my practice of DJing. Cool. And so you mentioned, uh, there just briefly that you play vinyl specifically. Mm -hmm. Could you talk, um, about, whether or not you believe something is kind of gained or lost not or neither um in the act of digitization mm-hmm. or with digital music mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna i want to be clear and make a simple answer to the question which is no okay. um i also i like to lift um my favorite answer to this question from an interview with kevin shields from the band my bloody valentine um that I I think that interview had just come out after um, they put out their last record in like 2013, which was notoriously sort of like you know all analog, including the whole process of mastering the record. So naturally, um, you know, he was asked about that, and what Kevin Shields says is goes the same for me. Is just you know I'm into quality of sound, um, and I think that in that conversation of digital versus vinyl, the actual meaning of the word quality gets lost a lot because it becomes a quantitative thing. One has to be better than the other. Um, Honestly, I think that I like vinyl as much for its low fidelity as its high fidelity. Um, So it's really just about what you're feeling. Um, and, And to me, DJing is a lot about finding the right sound for the right space um and vinyl so far has suited my purposes for that but uh i'm not really uh you know it's vinyl is also a limitation um which i think is uh, it's appeal to me but also you know um sometimes you want more sometimes you want less limitation could you talk a little bit about how vinyl is a limitation sure um so I think that there's, I'm someone who doesn't have a profound amount of self-discipline, I would say, um, even when it comes to my artistic practices, which are, you know, pretty primary in my life and vinyl kind of, uh, 
there's a lot of questions you don't have to answer. Um, I like the locality of vinyl, so I really don't buy vinyl on the internet um, or from Discogs unless it's a local seller, just out of convenience. Um, and and digging in record stores, all of this, like, you know, uh, I guess in a way, like, my selection is sort of pre-selected by what records are available to me in my locality. So there's one aspect of the limitation in terms of technical, um, you know, technicality, what I can do with records um, is limited, especially by my skill level. So, um, you know, I'm going to need two copies of the same record if I want to loop it as opposed to, you know, just throwing it on a CDJ or software and looping that so so i make more linear kind of choices maybe you could say um the vinyl set uh but i like the way in which vinyl tends to convey a lot of the history of the art of djing and of producing records to be dj'd um i'm a bit of a like you know to me music and history are quite intertwined um so engaging with that kind of thing and being limited to the ways that people were first honing this craft and developing it before any of, you know, the technology really existed. Um, that's, that's interesting to me as well, having the same limitations. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, there's a number of other ways in which it's limiting. I'm, I'm blanking at the moment, but that's cool. Great answer. Thanks. Um, with the practice of mixing in mind, I'm wondering if you could kind of discuss the links or disparities between isolation and collaboration. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, that blends well into the the question of limitation with vinyl because certainly the climate was a little different when I started DJing 10 years ago. Uh, I honestly just didn't know that many DJs. Um who were contemporaries of mine or whatever. So I wasn't, you know, I was more of a record collector at that point. Um, and uh, so a lot of my own learning about records and um, how to mix them, how to use them as musical instruments uh, really came on its own. Um, uh, and, and I think that that is also something that, drew me in more and more because I was so used to playing collaboratively, almost exclusively musically, um, that having this thing where I got to take these songs that I love and manipulate them into a larger composition, you know, composing with composition, um, uh, it was just a different level of control and a different level of um, pacing myself and of a practice that required me to develop skills um and so i think for me having kind of clear tasks goals um you know a clear path of development is something that has helped a lot for me to have a private musical practice in djing um and um and then i mean i think in general there's like a sometimes overlooked extremely collaborative aspect of playing live as a DJ um, because 
it's so much, you know, people call it a conversation with or reading the room, you know, there's, there's certainly an exchange. Um, so in a way, creating a world in isolation that also over time as you know playing as live dj became more and more informed by like oh people respond this way to this kind of song or you know this one will work in that sort of space um that's kind of a just a totally cyclical process inside of djing that i appreciate a lot um in terms of were you referring to collaborating with other artists as well or yeah or as you've said like reading the room kind of collaborating with with people dancing or yeah spaces yeah um yeah and i think as well like i you know as i got more into djing i definitely pulled back from a number of my collaborative projects um simply because i had kind of now become used to um focusing my attention my ideas uh and shaping them on my own which is just something that i had always you know desired to do but um in terms of actually making music it's just it goes a lot swifter for me with collaborators um yeah great uh talking a little bit more about your dj practice and mixing Mm -hmm. i'm wondering uh what role uh dancing plays um in terms of your practice and yeah (laughs) um Good question. <laughs> I I mean, I never... I didn't have much of a relationship to dancing before. Um, kind of really before getting into DJing, actually, to be honest. So there was that kind of um, bleed over from being a record collector, being like, oh yeah, I can DJ this, you know, very... Um, chill like bar gig because i have all of these rock records some soul records i was getting into disco but really i kind of like you know those things developed a little bit at the same time i had friends who were more into going out dancing um but i think just because i was growing up going to shows and playing shows and at shows all the time like that was more kind of where i got that energy from um and so, yeah, so I would say my own, like, personal practice of dancing or going out to, to dance has developed alongside DJing. And DJing as well, I think that there, it's very easy to become pretty heady about DJing because there's so many things, you know, this formula or this BPM means dance, means people dance, which isn't really a given. So for me, it's a lot about when I'm preparing a set, I try to, you know, ask myself pretty much every track like you know am i dancing right now (laughs) like am i being compelled to dance because if i'm not being compelled to dance like i don't know why i would expect people in the room to be for sure Mm -hmm. cool i want to touch on uh your work as a community organizer Mm -hmm. a little bit uh you're involved in with the plant collective uh legome and uh Some other random things. I don't know. This place, CKUT. Yeah, CKUT. <laughs> so I don't do much organizing. Here. More disorganizing. <laughs> Comes with the territory. Um, 
Could you reflect on the potential importance or uh, function of kind of utopic fleeting parties, gatherings, and spaces? Uh, I can. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess... Um, I think for me, developing a relationship to, like, dance-focused music events um, was also really a time at which I started to develop develop more of a conscious relationship to my body. Um, And I think uh, there's just so many people who are um, kind of daily made to be ashamed or doubted to doubt their bodies um you know we have just a really disconnected relationship with our bodies in this part of the world as with many others and um and i think that dancing is basically like pretty much the minimum first step um i know that dancing i think is also a space that maybe makes some people feel more out of body than in it because of various social factors um And that also, to me, is a reason why building spaces together, which is what um, throwing an event to me is, uh, building respectful spaces, um, building spaces in which people feel um, safe enough to be free, (laughs) uh, which is, you know, basically an extremely tall order, uh, it would seem, in the current climate of things, um, is all the more integral uh, because how we relate to our ourselves and our bodies and how we relate to each other through our bodies is, I would say, like more or less under siege by the, the way that we live um, currently. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, in the same vein, uh, how can the development of kind of like DJ or mixing tools be harnessed for musical and collaborative community settings? Um, I guess, I think for me, what kind of like remains like top shelf is like uh, individuality and personality. Um, I really urge everyone who's interested or who's um, enveloped by DJing currently um, to never forget or compromise their identity. Um, I really I really don't think we're ever going to have a shortage of DJs who um, uh, basically phone in a service, um, whether that's in underground spaces or in mainstream spaces. There's going to be someone who has an ego that wants to be satisfied by you know heavy air quotes here doing their job good or right and i have no disrespect for that i think that there's lots of places and lots of times for it um i also think that any one of those places or times um can be taken up by a dj who wants to tell you their story and who wants to tell you um that these things that you thought shouldn't go together do go together or this thing you didn't think you would dance to is actually totally funky and you're going to move your ass. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that's the main thing for me. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So we're coming into the last few minutes of the show here. 
Um, I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about your set uh, this Saturday at SAT Montreal. Yeah. And uh, kind of how you take your personal practice of planning a set to a live setting and and what we can expect from that this weekend sure um yeah i'll try to be concise here uh (laughs) not easy um yes so i'm playing at the sat dome it'll be my first time even inside the dome i've never been to one of these events but there's going to be you know some extravagant visuals um music is my sanctuary was kind enough to invite me to play from 10 p.m. to uh, midnight. Um, I love to open shows because I love to be in control of warming up the room. So there's going to be lots of that. There's going to be um, getting getting people to uh, to loosen up for a bit, and then uh, I've I've got some more kind of high octane things to to throw their way to really get their you know their saturday night juices flowing um so yeah come through if uh you know if you're looking for a highly stimulating uh, environment to dance in um and yeah i'm i don't know what else to say to it than that really great very excited for that me too um, where can we find you online if we're looking for you? Uh, I have a, I have in fact two SoundClouds, which is more confusing than it is convenient. <laughs> um, I have just choosy. Um, search me on SoundCloud. Search me on MixCloud. That's really where you get the longer form mixes. Um, uh, it's where my entire astrology series is. Uh, and you can like and subscribe on Facebook, I guess, if you like. That's that's cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, Twitter, uh, you know, lots of takes on Twitter. Lots of takes. Choosy, C-H-O-O-Z-E-Y. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Of course. You've been listening to The XX Files on CKUT 90.3 FM. Same time, same place every week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.